moving on into the Western Conference a little bit, um, this last team we actually all agreed on, which didn't happen much, you know, throughout throughout these standings, but we all kind of agreed on on this team here, and you know, kind of transitioning from talking about the Bucks and Damian Lillard, we're, we're going to talk about his former team in the in the Portland Trailblazers. Um, we had them at 15 in our rankings. We all had them ranked at the bottom. All three of us had them ranked at, at 15 in the league. Um, for me, again, I don't think I don't think this means that you know they're not going to win some games. I don't think this means they're not going to be a fun team. They have some young, fun guys. Scoot Henderson has struggled a little bit to start the the year, but I think he'll be able to rebound um, well. DeAndre Ayton, and it'll be interesting to see him in a new context outside of Phoenix. Uh, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons. Um, you know they have they have guys who can play well. Even you know Malcolm Brogdon, while he's probably looking for an alternate destination at some point in the season, you know he'll probably try to play well to get his trade value up a little bit. So I think they could still be a, a fun team. There's just so much unproven uh unproven players on their roster and the west is just so competitive that um you know i ultimately think they're going to be down there in the last spot and i think that's kind of also where they want to be because they need more young talent and they they're going to need you know more lottery picks to to build out this or so um david anything you want to add on on the trailblazers there no i think it's kind of obvious that they're in the right place where they need to be for this season and yeah yeah Nick, anything you want to add on the, on the Trailblazers? Pretty accurate about it. They're young. They're on. Um, yeah, they have a couple of vets, but I don't know if that really play much. You really look at this team and you're like, show me what you got. Maybe they surprise us. Who knows? But who really hasn't looked great. His acclimation NBA has been a little rough. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But that's why I put them last. I think I think talent wise, like in the future, if everybody progresses the way that they're supposed to, this is a team that could be good. But again, not right now. No, not right now. And I think. Again, as we talked about parity in the league, I think that's a that's a bonus where at least I feel like every team has like one or two young guys that you're like, I really want to watch these guys and they could be something someday. It's not like I feel like, you know, 10 or so years ago when there was those old like Bobcats teams where it's like where, you know, this team is bad, but they also don't have any good young pieces. I feel like at least every team, you might want to check them out and watch a game, you know, once just to see, you know, their young, their young players. They all have things that are interesting about them. Um, and, and speaking of young players, um, our next team has one of the, the biggest um, young players, both physically and um, in terms of his reputation, and in terms of his hype. Um, and that's the San Antonio Spurs. Um, collectively, we had them at, at the 14 seed here. Um, I myself had them ranked at 12. Nick had them at 14. And David had them at 13. So we were all kind of in the same general area. Um, Nick, what do you want to what do you want to touch on on the Spurs? Team that. I had them at 14th, but I don't know. I, this is a team that feels like should in the bottom of the conference, but also like, <laughs> he looks good so far. Yeah, like he looks he looks like um, maybe all star bid first year, like right now. Like, listen, we're early. It's on the first couple games. Like, I don't want to get too crazy, but like, yeah, he uh, he looks nice. That that team looks competitive. You know what I mean? So maybe I undersold them at 14th i know you guys had them at 12 and 13 so it's not like they was that far off but i do think that this is the bottom of the like i don't expect them to make a play a play-in push but again i don't think that they're untalented and i guess if Wemby's able to be an all-star caliber player already then maybe they make some noise who knows but again young unproven i want to see that's that's why they're down yeah for sure um like you said when has looked good um 
<laughs> he has had some plays like like we've even would see in his highlight clips, you know, back in France, some plays where you're just like, how did he how did he even do that? You know? Um, and so he's of course gonna be exciting to watch. I- I've been impressed with him in that, you know, I know coming in, people had said, Oh, he's a good three-point shooter, he can shoot the mid-range. I wasn't sure how much that was gonna translate. And he has been a great shooter so far. I mean, his first, I think his first NBA point was a three-point shot. He's made a couple in, in each of the games here. Um, and they're another team, just young, have some good pieces. Uh, alongside Wemby, Devin Vassell, um, he had a really great year last year for them. Just, you know, they weren't good at all, and no one was really watching them because they weren't exciting. But I think Devin Vassell will take another step up. He's kind of a, a really good lead scorer for the team. Um, and, you know, other young guys like like Jeremy Sohan, um, has been strong for them. And again, I think they're just, they're going to be young. They're going to be exciting, but they also ultimately, I think they're going to end up where they want to be, which is kind of at the the end of the standings here so that they can potentially, you know, pair another really good young lottery pick with Wembenyama next year and see how that propels them into the future. Um, shout out to Jetty Osman. Um, I was watching the first Spurs game and I was like, oh, so weird to see him not in a Cavs uniform, but uh, he was playing well with them. So shout out to him. Um, David, do you have anything you wanted to add on the Spurs at all? Nope. You guys covered it all. All right. Great. Great. And a lot of these teams, I think, are are very similar in, in those aspects of where they're young. They have some talent. Um, it's just not, you know, they're not ready quite yet. Which moves us into to the Houston Rockets here, um, who we have as our 13 seed collectively. I have them right at 13. Same with Nick right at 13. David had them one spot up at number 12. Um, and David, since you did have them just a bit higher than the rest of us, um, do you want to start off talking about the Rockets and kind of how you see the year going for them? I think that it's um, going to be rough for the Houston Rockets because they haven't really had anyone of note. And on top of that, I think they have players that can be that won't let them be in last place, but at the same time, that won't get them to the play in tournament. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of in that gray area where I don't know where they go from now unless they get a single star rookie and then are able to build around him. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely have some young pieces like a lot of these teams, but um, still kind of probably not enough to put it all together. Nick, what are your thoughts um, kind of on the Rockets heading into the year? Uh, they're dysfunctional. I mean, mm-hmm. I think uh, they gave too much money to three guys that don't really I, I don't know why. I don't know what the purpose was from that. Um, the Fred Van Fleet deal made sense because you're like, okay, you bring in like a veteran guy who is super serious about basketball. He can be, um, the, I guess the, the leader of the locker room and kind of try to set the standard for these young guys. But then they turn around and give Dylan Brooks a crap ton of money. And you're like, um, why, why? (laughs) Like this dude is not mature either. So what do we, uh, I, I don't know. This team just is confusing to me, but I do think that they're talented enough to maybe have a couple more wins than the Spurs and the Blazers. Like that's just kind of how I view them, but I I don't know. It's a, it's a very weird team and I just feel like they almost set themselves up to bad for the next on purpose. It's very weird. Like, I, I don't know, like as a Rockets fan, I just don't know how you're excited about, Oh my God, we, we have Fred Van Fleet, like Fred Van Fleet's good, <laughs> but like that, that, Not the that most was exciting player. <laughs> No, that yeah, that that was your big splash, him and Dylan Brooks. Like, I I just don't, 
I don't know. I don't know what that does for that locker room. I don't know what that does for those young guys. I just, I don't, I don't know. It's very confusing and doesn't make any sense. And now they don't have any money to like go get an actual like star caliber player who deserves that kind of much. It's just, it's confusing. They're, they're confusing. And just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, they are confusing. I think, I think some people, um, especially with the Fred Van Vliet signing, I think some people kind of like, oh, you know, they have this young talent. Let's try to bring this guy in, try to make a little play and push, see where we get from there. I, I don't think they're going to quite quite get up to that that point. Um, again, I do think they have some young talent. Um, you know, of course, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., some of their young guys. My, my favorite out of them, I really like Alperin Shengun. Um, he's kind of like a – he has the, the tools, at least what you can see, is he's a big man who can pass really well. So, of course, I think everyone thinks, you know, we want to try to mold him into the next Jokic. They haven't given him that much freedom yet. I kind of hope they they give him a little bit more freedom and see how things go. I'm not saying he will be Jokic, but I'd be interested to see, you know, if he got that opportunity, what what would happen for them. Um, I don't like the Dylan Brooks signing um, particularly. I know I know there's um, what I heard about in some ways about the signings is that, you know, with a cap, with the cap room, you know, there's a certain, of course, there's the max, you know, cap space you reach the end the luxury tax and everything but there's also a minimum cap spend so th- I think that may have been around some of why you know they had to sign some veteran guys because so many of their guys are young that you know you have to spend a certain amount of the cap and and their young guys salaries weren't making that much so I guess their thought is hey we had to sign some guys anyways let's bring in some veterans for the next couple of years help our guys mature a little bit and then you know by three years when their contract's up maybe our guys will be ready to compete um I, I just don't see it for them right now. Um, like you said, I think there's a little bit of dysfunction there. I do think um, one one move I really liked for them was being able to get to, to snatch up Cam Whitmore in the draft, especially late. Um, you know, he was a really good prospect. He was really high up in the in the rankings. He kind of fell a little bit, um, you know, on draft night, was falling down. And I think, you know, he's going to be a really good scorer um, in this league. I really like that they got Amen Thompson to – you know, we talked about it is twin brother Asar, but I think they're both just super athletic players that I think kind of with the way they play will always have some kind of a role on a team in the NBA. But um, other than that, I mean, I just don't think I don't think this is going to be the year for them. And I think hopefully they'll be able to just have their young guys look, get a little bit better um, and, you know, go back, go back and run it back next year with potentially a better pick. And maybe they hit on someone really, really strong next season. Um, but with that, um, our, our next team that we had up here in the rankings, which we have at the 12 spot, is the Utah Jazz. Um, we were a little bit split between the three of us. Um, I had them actually down at 14 in my rankings. Nick had them at 12, and David had them at 10. Um, so, David, I know you were the the highest on them out of the three of us. What do you like about the, the Utah Jazz, um, and why do you see them getting that play-in spot for this year? I think that... They have enough talent to make the play-in tournament, but at the same time, it's you either—they're all in on at the ten spot, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They're all or bust on the ten spot. So that's why I put them at ten because they very much could fall off in a heartbeat. And so it's a—it's a fine balance that they have to play in order to just get there. So that's where I'm at with them. For some of these, I. I placed them in a place where I could see them playing as, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. wouldn't be surprised if they fell off the face of the earth. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's a good point. And that's kind of, we saw both sides of that with them last year, right? They started extremely strong last year, even were the one seed at one point. And then, like we said, kind of fell off off the face of the earth a little bit. Um, and so that's kind of, for me, why I had them them lower in that I just don't think they're going to have as strong as a start as they had last year. Um, you know, I think they definitely still have some talent, like like every team. Um, I just don't think they're going to have that hot start to really kind of propel them up a couple more spots. Um, I think they're kind of, you know, right now I've already, I think they're two and three or two and two, something like that. So they're not bad. Um, I just don't think they have as much talent as, as the teams ahead of them. And, you know, we'll get into this, but the Western conference is, um, just really tight. I feel like essentially from, from this point upwards, I feel like it's, it's a very tight race in the West. Um, excited to see what Lori Markinen can do if he can continue in, to improving, to improve, um, excited to see kind of what Colin Sexton can do. Um, as one of our old Cavaliers over there, see if John Collins can kind of turn around his career a little bit with them. Walker Kessler was a really good rookie for them last year, especially defensively. So um, I think he'll continue to stay strong. Um, but other than that, I just, I'm, I mean, they don't have that, that top end talent and I don't think they have, you know, everything in place to really, to really make a big run this year. But um, Nick, what are your thoughts on the the jazz? I thought that what you guys saying, I mean, they're, they're just kind of what they are. Like Laurie Markinen is is a really good player. Um, you're kind of waiting for Colin Sexton to really explode as a player. Like I think he's a solid role player kind of guy, but I don't know if he's lived up to that eighth overall pick. It is the lottery, so you don't really know what you're gonna get in guys. But I think he's a really good role player, and you know, with John Collins, that gives him another big man. So I, I don't know. I just don't know what you do with this roster. I think very much this roster is in the same mindset as the Rockets. Like they're they're good enough to be in that like 11 through 13 spot. I think they're good enough to give teams good games. Um, I think that they'll even have like a little fun run like they did last year, but ultimately they're going to find themselves out of the play. And again, and I think they might even be sellers at the trade deadline. I think if Lori Markin and if Colin Sexton, if John Collins are playing really well, come the trade deadline, those might be guys that teams look at and go, Hey, they're not crazy expensive and they can help us win right now. So especially a guy like Laurie Markkinen, um, I see him being a piece that somebody wants to go out there and add, whether that's like maybe the Dallas Mavericks, um, maybe the Cavs try to get him back. Um, would be my, all my hopes and dreams. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, maybe the Lakers look at him as like a viable spot there that he can kind of split time with Anthony Davis at the center position, but also give them another offensive a uh, big man um, that can play the four and the three. So I, I don't know. I I just don't know what this team is or what they want to be. I think that they want to be at the bottom, but they also play like they're wanting to be better. That I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think they should really try to tank and, and add some more talent. But I think kind of just the mentality of the players that they have, I think, you know, they're all guys that want to win. And so they're going to go out and play hard every night. And even if from a front office standpoint, you're trying to tank, you know, sometimes players play hard and they play well. And, and so they're going to still win. Some. Um, this is uh, kind of moving into this next territory here, I think, is is where things really get tight between a lot of these teams um, in the Western Conference. Um, and so it's kind of a lot of people I've heard have say there's 11 teams um, for 10 spots where, you know, a lot of people say there's a, all these 11 teams, everyone could see them making a play in, but one of them is going to have to make um, and so I guess collectively as a group, um, we had we had that team being the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, 
even though, interestingly enough, we all had them actually in the play-in. Um, so I had them at 10. Nick and David both had them at 9. Um, but it did average out for them to be 11 in our rankings. So um, Dave, or Nick, do you have anything you want to start off with with the Timberwolves? Um, you know, why you kind of see them being on that play and making it, but kind of just being right on the fringes there. Yeah, I just, I feel like this is another team that like has to make the, I don't know. They're also another team that I could see being on the fringe of kind of blowing up what they have. I don't know. It's, just, it's a very confusing team. Like Cat should be better than what he is. And I don't know. Anthony Edwards is like, he's, he's emerging as a superstar. So I just don't know what to make of them. And the Rudy Gobert trade is, it's just so, it's so weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team, but I, I just, I know that Anthony Edwards is really good and I just feel like they're going to squeak into the plan and I don't know if they deserve it, but I don't know. I, I see them making it at the trade deadline. I see them getting rid of either Cat, Rudy Gobert, or both. Um, I, I don't know. This is a yeah, very I, confusing team. It is, exactly. And um, I think it's another one of those teams that we talk about kind of at a, at a potential crossroads if, if things don't go well. In that, you know, like you said, Anthony Edwards is is really kind of on the doorstep or already into superstardom at this point. So it's kind of at the point where they need to build the team around him, right? Um, but they have that weird fit with with Gobert and Cat. Cat really isn't, you know, a, a four. Um, he doesn't play well defensively as as a four or as a five, really. Um, but they made that trade and they gave up everything um, or all those picks for Rudy Gobert. So. It's almost like if things don't go well, I feel like Cat has to be kind of the player you're, you have to move on from. If only for that, he's going to get you, you know, more value than, than Rudy Gobert, I feel like, at this point. So, you know, maybe maybe all it took is um, they had a lot of injuries last year, so that those three didn't get to play a whole lot together. Um, and, you know, once they got to it, they still played a competitive series in the first round against the Nuggets. So, um, you know, maybe once once it all comes down to it, you know, maybe it'll work out and they just needed some time to gel, but if not, I think definitely some moves could be made. Um, yeah, but I, I, I am really excited to see where Anthony Edwards continues to go with his development. Um, I think he was probably the best player on the uh, FIBA World Cup team this year, um, which is really saying something for him. I think that gave him a lot of confidence, um, kind of being the leader of that team. Um, and we'll see if he can kind of do do same thing in, in leading leading the Timberwolves this year. Um, David, I know you had them them right at nine, kind of same spot as Nick. Um, anything you want to add on the Timberwolves? Anything we didn't hit on you think you want to discuss? Not really, because it's like Nick said, the talent's there to make the the playoff, the in the, mm-hmm. the tournament in. Um, but at the same time, I think they're gonna do a fire sale on their team and build around Anthony Edwards. And so it's it's one of those things where it can go either way. Yeah. It's another one definitely to watch probably, you know, as we're getting towards the trade deadline, if they're looking not so great, um, you know, they might be a big, a big player in that, in that time of the season of of player movement. Um, Next team we have up here um, and we're a little bit split on this one. So, you know, it had, it averaged out to them being our 10th seed um, and that's the new Orleans Pelicans. I think they're kind of a divisive team just based on if their stars are going to be playing or not. Um, I had them at the nine seed, Nick had them up at the six seed, and David had them down at 11. Um, so Nick, I'd like to hear kind of, you know, you had them at six, um, you know, right inside 
or outside of the play-in race where, you know, they get to keep that confirmed play playoff spot. Um, what do you like about the Pelicans this year and, and why you feel that they'll be able to, um, you know, stay out of the play-in? I don't know. I just, I felt that kind of the reports with Zion coming past this off season, like that he really was focusing on his health. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a good sign to me. So, and I do feel like this team is good. Like without Zion, they're, they're competitive. You know what I mean? So I think with him, hopefully they can really be a good quality team, but it really all depends on Zion and whether or not he can be healthy. You know, me having them in the sixth spot is really a lot of, of Zion's health. And if he can be there, I think Brandon Ingram is a really good player. Um, and I think they have a lot of good other pieces around them, but they're just not going to be able to be as successful if Zion is not a part of that picture. And again, if he's healthy, this is a this is a top team in the league um, because I just don't know if there's a guy that matches up for him one-on-one with the way that he's able to play the game and that makes them dangerous. So again, he's got to be healthy, but I think the sixth spot is a pretty fair spot. I think I could see them maybe dropping a couple um, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't play, like if he's injured, then I, I could see them being completely out of the play in too. So it just, it just kind of depends. Yeah, definitely. A lot of this is health, you know, not just for Zion, but even, even Brandon Ingram missed a lot of games last year, David, you had them at the 11th seed. Um, was that kind of your concern was, was the health aspect of it or was it something else that you were seeing? Yeah, it was mostly the health aspect and they've just been inconsistent over the last couple of years. So that's why I put them at 11. They definitely can earn the play-in tournament uh, 100%. And so that's why I put them at 11 where it's on the edge. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's where I'm at. All right. Very good. And yeah, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm again, kind of right in between you guys. I think um, Zion, when he's healthy, is one of the best players in the league, at least offensively. Um, we saw that last year when he was healthy to start the year, at least, you know, uh, it was early on, but they were the one seed in the conference before he got hurt and they kind of toppled down the standing. So for me, I kind of have him right at that nine in between the two of you guys. Um, and I think that's because I think it's kind of like a law of averages for me. I don't think Zion is going to miss as much time as he has these past couple years. But at the same time, you know, I worried about putting them up higher just because I don't know, I don't know that he's going to play, you know, 75 games, maybe, you know, he might be closer to that 60, 65. Um, and so kind of put them, them in the middle there. I, I think they are one of the teams with the biggest swings and that, you know, if they're healthy, they could be really up towards the top of the conference. And if they're not, they could be down towards the bottom of the conference. Um, they do have good role players around Zion, you know, CJ McCollum's kind of gone into a role player um, who's played nice for them. Jose Alvarado, always fun, feisty defender. Um, one of my favorite players in the league, Larry Nance Jr., former Cav, um, has played really well for them, kind of in a, a small ball five position for them. So they have the talent. It's there. It's just all going to depend on the health and, you know, the consistency of, of the team and who's out there each night. So I think that'll kind of be a lot of – I think their success will depend a lot on that. Um, and that kind of – segues well into our next team in terms of success depending a lot on health and and it has certainly in the last couple years um is who we have the los angeles clippers we have them at number nine between all of us um i had them at eight nick had them at 10 and david had them at seven 
Um, so David, do you want to start, um, you were a little bit higher on them than the two of us. Do you want to start with what you kind of like about the, the Clippers for this season? Um, I just thought that they had a better chance at getting into the play in tournament than everyone else that I had below mm-hmm. them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with the addition of the, uh, locker room cancer, James Harden, um, I am right now uncertain of my decision. Not a good episode here for Kyrie Irving or James Harden if they're if they're uh, if they hear this. But um, Nick, you had them at ten. Um, and just to say, you know, we did make this, of course, before the James Harden to the Clippers trade, so um, that's why it may be a little bit a little bit different. But um, you know, you had them right sneaking into the playoffs. Um, what are some things that you know you didn't like or weren't sure about with the Clippers or what you did like? Yeah, the James Harden trade um, honestly does nothing for me. I think it almost solidifies the spot that I have them in. Um, I didn't really know what Westbrook would look like this year. Clearly, he's looked pretty solid. Um, and hey, it's sure. the, I think you froze there, Evan. I'll, I'll go ahead and restart. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Harden trade for me doesn't change anything. If anything, it makes me feel more secure about having them in the 10th spot. Um, but the main reason I had them there was just I can't trust Kawhi or Paul George to stay healthy for a full season, and that's and that's the biggest thing. And and to be completely honest, like I really like Paul George as a player. He's super talented, but if we're being honest, Paul George has really been inconsistent throughout his career. And and I don't know if he's really been a guy that you could look at to I don't he hasn't really showed up in big time situations. And that's that's his big thing. I think he's probably one of the the guys in the league that I would label as maybe a fraudulent superstar, like he has the ability and the talent to do it, but just really hasn't come through when it mattered. And he's really had health concerns since he joined the Clippers. Um, Kawhi Leonard can't stay healthy. I, I don't understand what it is. Obviously it happens, but he is an immense talent. I don't think he's a great leader. So that's something that you look at this team where you're like, okay, Paul George isn't a great leader. Kawhi isn't a great leader. All right. And then now you have Westbrook who, historically is probably one of the most inconsistent players that we've seen in our lifetime <laughs> and inconsistent. Not, I'm not going to say inconsistent and it's his play, but inconsistent in how inefficient he is at playing basketball and scoring and not turning it over. Like this is, the, this is a dude that will, you know, you'll go out there and be like, Oh, he scored 25 points tonight. But then you look at the stat sheet and he shot 13 for 50 and you're like, what the, what the heck? And he turned the ball over 10 times and you're like, how, how do you have a job? Like, what is happening? But the dude is Energizer Bunny. I get it. I think he's really fitting into the role nicely at the beginning of this season. So it gives me a little bit of hope. But now you add James Harden to this roster and you're like, what does this actually mean? What is he going to do? He's going to ruin what Westbrook had. Like, And again, now you have you have three guys on this roster who, in the playoffs, in big moments, can't get it done. You have two guys who are probably some of the most inefficient scorers at this point in their career. Um, they turn the ball over a lot. And you have a guy in Paul George who can't show up in big-time moments. And you have a guy in Kawhi Leonard who is injury-prone at this point in his career, as talented as they are. And honestly, on paper, if these guys stay healthy and they play at their best, holy crap, this should be a championship. This should be a championship team. Like, right now, book it, put money on it. But you can't because they'll steal all your money because they won't fucking play. <laughs> Excuse my French, but like they won't. And I just, it, this team is, it's the most, 
I don't I don't know. I despise this the way this team is built so much. You have so many deficiencies between these guys who are supposed to be superstars, who people are like, these guys are Hall of Famers, and you're like, okay, yes, Kawhi is a Hall of Famer, guaranteed. But the other three, show me what they've really done to prove that they're Hall of Famers, you know, other than Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double a couple sins in a row. Like, other than that, these guys are some of the most inefficient, injury-prone they shy away big moments. They can't come in when you need them to. And James Harden is one of the biggest cancers within the locker room that the NBA has right now. He's on his fourth team in two and a half years. That's insane. That's literally insane. And it's not it's not his fourth team in two and a half years because he's getting cut or because he's just signing with new teams. No, he just keeps requesting a trade, <laughs> being a butthole until they trade him. And it's just the it's the worst thing. Like he's like the freaking chase Claypool of the NBA. And I just don't know what to make of it. This team is, they'll be lucky to be in the 10th spot, honestly. And they're going to get, they're going to get, they're going to lose. I, I don't even think they make it out of the play in because I don't think that they're going to have two or three of these guys when it comes time for them to play. And even if they're there, they're not going to show up. All right. I understand what you're saying. Um, and, and I didn't have them too much higher when I did these rankings at, at eight. But I think for me, though, as weird as it might sound, the, the hardened trade kind of gives me more confidence in them for the fact of, yes, this is an injury-prone team, but now they have four guys that genuinely we have seen can really take over games. I mean, even Westbrook, when you know he had that terrible season with the Lakers, um, but when he went to the Clippers, he has fit in really well. And even in the playoffs, played really well for them last year. And so it kind of gives me more confidence because it's just like the fact that they have more players who can be stars if some guys go out. You know, if Kawhi is out, you still have Paul George, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Even if you have two of those guys go out, you might still have, you know, Paul George and Russell Westbrook who can still get some things done. I, I still don't think for me that they're in my top tier of championship contenders. Um but I, I do think that they are going to have a better regular season um, than they have in years past. Again, a lot of it will depend on health. But I, I do think that they'll be extremely dangerous um, come playoff time. And um, I had them down at eight. If I did it after the Harden trade, I think I'd have them up higher, probably not in the play-in at all. Um, just for the fact of, you know, even in the regular season, if they're going to miss some games, they have some guys there to kind of as an insurance policy. Um, they did trade away a good amount of their depth to get Harden. So that's, you know, it was one of the deepest teams in the league um, with some of those guys. They did trade some of those guys away, but they still have Bones Highland, who's a good, I think, perfect six man, um, you know, for them off the bench. Guy that can just go out and get buckets. Um, and I think Ty Lue, you know, even though he's had some struggles, I think that's been more on the team than on him. I think he's still one of the best coaches in the league. So I think they can still be a really strong team. Um, again, don't think that they'll, they'll make, you know, the finals probably probably won't get out of the Western conference, but I think that they would be a really tough out, you know, in, in the playoffs, um, you know, if they, if they were to get there as we see. So, um, moving on then to our eighth ranked team. And this is another one. We had some kind of, we were a little bit across the board between the three of us. So, um, that was our, the Oklahoma city thunder. Um, we had them ranked eighth collectively. I had them at the seventh spot. Nick had them all the way up at three, making a big jump this year. And David had them at number 14 as one of the worst teams in the West. So 
Um, Nick, I know you were high on them, so I'll let you kind of, I'll give you the floor to talk about what you like about this Thunder team. It's like a weird feeling that all their young talent was going to click, play well. I think they're going to have a really good regular season, but then when it comes to the playoffs, this will be a team loses in the first round, maybe mm-hmm. even the second round, just because of how young they are. But I really believe in Shea. Um, I think that, was it Chet Holmgren is going to have a really good year. Um, and they just have a really, they have a really good, like, young core that is going to play fast and they're going to play free. And I think that's going to help them in this Western Conference when you look at, like, like the Lakers aren't always going to play fast, right? Because LeBron's not going to be able to run up and down the court. <laughs> Anthony Davis is not going to be able to do that. So this is a team that's going to slow it down. Like, I don't think the Suns are going to play crazy fast. The Denver Nuggets don't really play crazy fast. Like, um, you look at the Golden State Warriors, like, sure, Steph is going to be running around like the Energizer Bunny. But other than that, I think they might try to slow it down, especially when Chris Paul has the ball in his hands. So I think this is a team that really could benefit off of that and just be Energizer Bunny, be young, be athletic, be fast. Um, and just I think their pieces fit really well together, and that's why I had them so high. It might be too high. Like maybe five or six might be a better spot. You know, seven does seem like right around where they could potentially be that like five, six, seven spot. But I just feel like for some reason they're going to end up pretty high. Um, I know we have them at eight collectively. I kind of feel like that's maybe David disrespecting them a little bit. I am calling (laughs) David out on that one. 14. That's kind of crazy, my guy. That's that's honestly like that's probably the one. That's That's the one projection from this that i look at and i go that's that's probably the most out-of-pocket one on here like i feel like for the most part you know we're pretty close there's some things that we're a little bit off on like but that one is 14 for the oklahoma city thunder who aren't like it's not like evan putting the hornets at 14 or david you putting them at 12 because i could see that because of the dysfunction that's there but there's no dysfunction in oklahoma they're young they're vibrant they have good talent David, what the, what the heck? Not to take over your segment here, Evan, but what the heck? No, no, that's good. I mean, we gotta, we gotta see. At the same time, I can say the same thing about number three. So, what, you, really? Why, what, what, so, I I guess my thing for you is clearly we'll get up to it, but our top two teams, I feel like we've pretty much agreed on, on those, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That's probably what the top two are going to look like, but other than that, like, I think, uh, talent-wise, they're very comparable to the majority of the top half of the West, right? Like, I think they have really good talent. And again, it's that it's that young speed. It's like uh, what we were talking about with um, well, to, um, we were talking about the Cavs, right? How they're playing faster here. I think mm-hmm. if the Thunder could do that, they could really catch them slipping. Yeah, a lot of people think that they. You know, and David, I'll give you a, a some more time in a second. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't your, let don't let David not, 14, not have to answer for 14, 14. ranking. But um, <laughs> I think a lot of teams are kind of projecting them, and I think it could be a good projection of of very similar jump to what the Kings made last year. Right? Mm-hmm. They were a young team. Um, you know, they might they might play fast, and they definitely might catch some people by surprise. And so I think you know that's kind of where you're headed with it, Nick. I think that comparison makes a lot of sense. I didn't have them quite that high just because I think some teams above them have more talent and maybe are a bit more proven, but I could definitely see them taking a jump this year. They have um, the depth, you know, it's all, it's a lot of young pieces, but it's a lot of really talented young pieces that have kind of shown that, that they can play at the NBA level. Shea is a bona fide superstar in the league. I think for sure. Um, you know, Josh Giddy's 
a really good passer. Um, Dort for defense. Chet Holmgren has been really strong to start. He he might be the best rookie so far, um, even though he did technically not play last year. So, you know, there's that debate on if he is a rookie or not. But, um, David, I want to give you some time to to defend your 14 ranking or at least tell us why why they're not going to be as good as, as we think they're going to be. Because I think that we had the Sacramento Kings last season who did pretty much the exact same thing as you guys are predicting now mm-hmm. for the OKC Thunder. And I think that teams will be ready for it because I think that they'll their experience, their their ability to watch any kind of tape from last season to now, and all they have to do is just readjust it to match the uh, the current young talent on the Thunder. But fourteen <laughs> worse worse than the Spurs and the Rocket, only and, better than the Blazers and the Jazz. Like, hey, David's high on the Jazz. He's always been high on the Jazz. I feel like, <laughs> but like. I don't care if you're high on the Jets. They're clearly more talented than the Jets. Like, I just don't. This is like, this is outrageous. <laughs> Criminal charges need to be pressed. <laughs> the, people, the people of Oklahoma City need to press criminal charges on David for this this criminal this 14? <laughs> worse to get you, worse than the Rockets? The, the Rockets? What is happening right now? David, that's great. And and you you tanked their ranking. Like, <laughs> if, it, if if it was even 10, they would have been, like, right now what we have them as 8 in our ranking. If they were – if you put them at 10, they would be, like, maybe – Yeah, maybe – yeah, that's – which is which is probably where they'll be. Like, 6 is probably where they're going to be anyway. 3 is probably too high for me. And Evan has them at 7. Like, that that seems a little bit somewhere in the middle there. But, mm. goodness gracious. you David, do you really think they're worse than the Rockets? Um – and and how sometimes it's hard to say. Hard to say. Fred Van Fleet's their best player. What? <laughs> I like Fred Van Fleet, but maybe David just we talked about dysfunction. Maybe David just knows something we don't know. What the heck? Maybe, <laughs> he know, the... maybe he's got the inside sources that there's some big dysfunction. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe some of the I don't know. Maybe he just knows something. I we will see. We will keep an eye on this one, and we'll continue to check in as the season goes on. Um, on on. Which one of us potentially were right? Which one of us potentially weren't? Easy, Who's man. to say? Who's to say? That's that's crazy. <laughs> I'm but not I, get over that. I do think 14 is is very very low for them, but it it is the NBA and it's very unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen, so you know it's it's possible, I suppose. Um, moving on to our our next team, and this is kind of uh, a good segue into unpredictable, and you may not know what's going to happen. Um, that we have tied for the sixth seed is the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, of course, missing John Morant for 25 games um, due to his suspension. Uh, also have Steven Adams out right now with an injury. Um, we had them again tied for the sixth seed. Um, with that, I had them down at 11. I had them as the one. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Um, I had them at six. I'm reading the wrong line. I had them at six. Um, Nick had them down at 11 um, as the one missing out on the play in there. And David had them at five. Um, so Nick, I will let you go first, um, and talk about why you think they're, they're just going to miss out on the, the play in this. So like they are right now, which I think they're zero and five, I had them. They are zero and five indeed. (laughs) I had them having a really rough start to this. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to make the ground back up 
to really put themselves into play in. I think that this is this team is just doesn't look great. And I think they're very dysfunctional even when Ja is a part of the team. So like I think when Ja comes back, clearly they're gonna be a better team. When Steven Adam comes back, they're gonna be a better team. Like we we know this, but I think it's gonna be a little too late. Like they're already 0-5. How many more can they lose? Like <laughs> I like Derrick Rose, but he's not meant to be a starter in the league anymore, unfortunately. And he's really the guy that that is giving you these kind of minutes and team. And um, I, I don't know. I just I have this weird feeling that they're just going to fall into this hole where, like, by the time Morant comes back, you know, he has 25 games off. They're going to be like four and 21. You know what I mean? And, and that just it's just <laughs> going to be like a crazy hole for them to get out of. And I just don't know if they're going to be. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair, especially kind of given what we've seen so far with the with the 0-5 start, um, which, you know, I didn't see them starting off that poorly. Um, but but David, you had them up at five. Um, what do you kind of like about the Grizzlies, even with that John Morant um suspension that you kind of still see them being able to to get up into the top half of the con? I figured that they would definitely struggle in the early parts of the suspension. But I thought that once both came back, um, and what I mean by sk- struggle, definitely win a couple games, like a handful of games, maybe not many, um, but enough for the other two players, Steven Adams and John Morant, to help get them back to where they might make the play-in tournament, either at six or seven, or seven or seven and eight, I should say, mm-hmm. and then but or they could also make the playoffs either at five or six. So they're they're for me, they're one of those on the fence teams. Yeah, I think and and there's so much, you know, unknown with the suspension. And, you know, a lot of people talked about how in the past they have a pretty good record without John Morant. And that's kind of what I was looking at at first. Um, but I think a couple things are kind of working against them and in, in not being able to perform up to what they have done with Jaw out. Um, they don't have Tyus Jones anymore. Uh, who was their really solid backup point guard who really just put the ball in the right places, didn't turn the ball over. He was just really dependable as a backup. I think that helped them a lot in the past. And I think this Steven Adams injury is almost more impactful right now than the missing John Morant. Um, Their defense has just been terrible, um, which is kind of crazy to say as they had the defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson Jr. last year, but he really is a a four defensively. And he's been having to, to, play the five and where he gets in trouble is is with fouls and when you're down having to be the only big man down there you're going to get into foul trouble if if you're not careful and so that's happened they've not been able to defend well and then you know some of their guys have just not shot the ball well to start out with um and they don't have that table setter backup point guard that can keep things moving the right way um and so it's so it's really been a rough start for them and um you know, I think if I were to make my rankings, I'd definitely knock them down a little bit just to see their start. But we also know it's a long season. You know, the Lakers started, what, two and eight last year, um, you know, and still may re- manage to crawl back into the play. And so I think it's definitely I think it's definitely possible. Um, but I think pretty soon I think they're going to have to make some kind of a move for for a defensive center, just a bigger guy that can be down there, help out Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, because he's you know, he's a good defender down there, but there's got to be someone who can take some of those foul calls away from him because he can't be impactful if he's not on it. And so, um, you know, I think they'll struggle there. I think definitely when Ja comes back, you know, things will get right on 
back on the right foot, but is it too little too late? I think is kind of kind of the question that we'll have to see. Um, and sharing this sixth spot in our rankings, um, which is really funny because they've started off the season exactly the opposite of what the Grizzlies have done, uh, is the Dallas Mavericks. They're 4-0 right now to start the season, which I don't know if many people saw coming. Um, I know I didn't, as I had them down at the 11th seed, missing out on the play-in. Nick, you had them up at five, and David, you had them at six. Um, so, Nick, um, why did you feel good about the Mavericks heading into this year? Um, you know, they just missed out on the play-in last year, um, but what did you kind of like about this team going into the season? Luke. <laughs> Once you got close to the microphone, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, this. listen, this is going to be a good regular, but when it comes to the playoffs, I just don't see how they're going to win. Um, and I'm also anticipating them making a trade for somebody else. I think I think realistically, when it comes close to the trade deadline, they're going to have to look at a team like Chicago. They have to look at a team like Philly. Um, I don't know, maybe a team like Minnesota. I think they have to go out and get somebody, right? Like whether that's Carl Anthony Towns, whether that's Zach Levine, whether that's a big splash like Joel Embiid. Um, maybe they make a deal with the Knicks and bring in like Julius Randle or, or something, somebody. They're going to bring in somebody to play that like winger big man spot for them. And I think that team will really benefit off of it. And like I said, I think this is going to be a really good regular season team because these are two guys that in the regular season, you can play ISO all the time and it doesn't matter. But when it comes to the playoffs, you got to spread the ball around. You got to play defense. And and I, I just don't think that's going to be successful for the playoffs, but I think it's good enough to get them in the fifth seed. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is going to be a good quality regular season. Yeah. Um, and they, they've certainly shown that, that especially on the offensive side of the ball to start the season. I mean, I believe they're, yeah, they're third in points per game right now to start the season. So they're playing really well offensively. Um, and they've even, I think Kyrie's been out one or two of their games. So, you know, even not at full strength. Um, you know, I had them, I had them missing out on the play-in originally. Um, again, I think if I were to do this again right now, might change that up a little bit. But my thought kind of was, um, I was worried about the defense again. You know, they didn't have a good defensive team last year. Um and Luca's not a you know great defender. Kyrie's not a great defender. Um, and I was worried about them not having a rim protector either. You know they they have um, of course the guy that they they always go back to in Dwight Powell. He's kind of always been around. He's not a great rim protector. Um, Derek Lively, their other center, was a rookie. wasn't sure how he was going to show up. Um, he has been great to start the season, by the way, for them, especially in the first game. Um, he was awesome. So I think he'll be good for them. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think, I think you said it, Nick, I think offensively they're, they're just going to be, um, really good, especially in the regular season. Um, they can play ISO, but at the same time, Luca is one of the best passers in the league. So when you have a guy like that, um, along with the dynamics for like Kyrie, you can definitely be successful. And, you know, Jason Kidd is a defensive minded coach. So if he's able to coach them up well defensively, um, I think they can be better than some people project, including myself. And I think they can be, you know, a really good regular season team. I don't think they have enough to make enough enough noise in the playoffs just because, you know, outside of Luka and Kyrie, they have some depth. But compared to some of the other teams ahead of them, I, I don't think they have as much. Um, and so kind of all those reasons were kind of why I, I was a bit lower on them. Um, I think they'll probably be a bit better than I had them down at 11. But that's kind of... Um, you know, where I had them coming into this season. And I thought, you know, especially after this year, if they disappointed, some major changes were going to come. And, you know, we'll see how things go. 
in the season if that does happen. But I know, David, you had the Mavericks at six here. Um, anything else you wanted to add kind of on them at all? Um, Not really. I think that the offense is there. Like you said before, the defense needs to be worked on. That's why they have Jason Kidd. Um, and so I think they'll get into the playoffs, if not into the ter- uh, play-in tournament. And um, But either way, whether player play-in tournament or in uh, just getting into the playoffs, I think they'll get into the playoffs one way or another. Now, how far they'll go, I have no idea. <laughs> it really depends on who they play. And so, yeah. If anything, I think they lose at the latest, maybe the second round. That's at best. At worst, they're out in the first round. All right. And moving on to our team that we had ranked fifth collectively. Again, you two kind of uh, agreed on this team, and uh, I was a little bit different, and that was the Golden State Warriors. Um, I had them actually up at the four seed, um, while Nick and Dom, you guys both had them down at eight. Um, for me, I was I was just confident on them because they've just shown it time and time again, you know, we're only not so far away from them winning that championship two seasons ago against the Celtics. Um, you know, they missed Andrew Wiggins for a lot of last year. If he's if he's still in the lineup, Chris, uh, if he's in the lineup most nights, I think they're going to be really good. I think they have a lot of consistency. I think um, Clay Thompson is going to be even more healthy coming off of his injuries than last year. And the biggest thing that I saw is last year they were terrible on the road. They were, I think, the they had the worst road record in the league. Um, and I just don't think that that's going to happen again. I think they're going to be more consistent. I think their chemistry is better, you know, moving on, you know, separating Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, you know, whoever might have been in the wrong there. I think that issue isn't over, hanging over their heads anymore. And I think Chris Paul's going to be really good off the bench. Um, I think him leading that second unit um, is just going to give them another dimension where, when Steph's off the floor, they're not just going to get destroyed like they have in the past. And so I, I'm kind of high on them there. Um, David, did you want to uh, say anything about the Warriors? Why, you know, maybe you're not as high as me on them or um, anything else you wanted to add on them? I just think that they're they're getting older. Mm-hmm. And yes, you made the point that Clay Thompson is healthier than he has been in the past. But because of age and because of how they really need to I don't want to say super slow the ball down, but enough that their quick speed isn't going to be as effective that you saw in previous years. I still think that they'll make the play-in tournament, and I think that they'll um, do well in the playoffs, but I don't think we'll ever see them come back to the championship that they had a couple of years ago. So it's official. David is saying the dynasty is over. Not Can we quote quite. you on that? <laughs> no, not quite. Okay. doesn't mean that they can surprise people and actually win the tournament or win the championship. I just don't think the likelihood of it is as great as it has been in the past, but I will say that it is on the downside. I won't say that it's over. All right. It's on the, it's on the downwards of the dynasty is what David's saying here. Um, Nick, I know you had him at the eighth seed. Is the dynasty over in your opinion? A hundred percent. It's been over. I mean, Let's be like, let's be real. Like Draymond Green is not great anymore. I don't even know if you could say that he's good. Obviously, he's the backbone of that team. He plays all right defense, but I think he's he's old. He's slow. He's really not an offensive threat anymore. You can't rely on him. So that's tough. Um, Andrew Wiggins is not um, is not Andre Iguodala. 
as much as you would want him to be, he's not. Andrew Wiggins is a good player. He's a good wing player. He can defend. He can score some points, but that's that's it. I mean, he, to me, he's kind of like an R.J. Barrett at this point. You know, like, you're just like, okay, you're going to get average play, and he's going to be a good role player for you, and and I don't know if you're going to get much more out of it. Klay Thompson is – he's slowed down. Like, yes, he's healthy, but he's not the same Klay Thompson that we saw five years ago. Like, as much as we want him to be that way, he's not. And Chris Paul is the weirdest addition to this team, I think, that you could have made. And he, in himself, makes zero sense with the team. He doesn't fit with their high pace movement, pass first basketball. Um, he slows down the game. He's not a great shooter. He's inefficient scoring wise, and he doesn't really play good defense. So I, I don't really understand how he fits into this scheme. And Steph Curry's still great, right? That is what it is. But other than that, the rest of this team is is on the downhill, like David said, and I think this dynasty, this iteration of this dynasty is over. I think that if they wanted to clean house and, you know, trade Clay, get rid of Draymond, they just gave him that big contract that I don't know who's going to take it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think that this team, really honestly, what they did is they did a very like Pittsburgh Steelers move. They gave their vets their money because they feel like they owed them because of what they gave them. But I think that's going to be their downside. And they're not really going to be able to be as successful because they're paying they're paying guys who are aging, slowing down, getting worse, and they don't have enough money to really do anything else. And I think Andrew Wiggins is the next on the chopping block because they're not going to want to pay that luxury tax that much. And I just don't really know what you do with this team after that. And Chris Paul's really only there for a year. So, and again, it, the, the move didn't make any. So the eighth seed for me is very generous for this team. Um, I think that they're going to have to be in the play-in, and I think they're going to have to fight really hard. And I think they make it out of the play-in just because of who they are, but I don't think they make it out of the first. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'll I'll fight back a little bit on some of those points in that I think Andrew Wiggins is kind of like an Andre Iguodala. He was almost finals MVP the year that they won it. He was extremely impactful for them. Um, Clay Thompson, not the same as he was. I'll agree with that, but he did lead the league in three-pointers made last year. Um, so he definitely still helps them out a lot. And I thought the Chris Paul fit was weird at first too. Um, but it it has worked for them so far. I mean, he's been coming off the bench. Um, he's been really successful with them and they're playing really well. They're four and one right now. So I, I, I think, and Steph Curry is just going to go nuclear. I mean, I think we, we all know that. So it, it could definitely come down to, to health with this team and the fit might take a little bit to get used to, but I still I want to go as far to say it's over because I can't count them out. Kind of like you said, David, I can't completely count them out for, for winning a championship. I wouldn't bet on them doing it, but um, you know, I, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if they still were able to, to go back and get one more. I do think, like you said, David, it, I would say it's on the downward swing because there's only so, so long, you know, this can last with, with these guys. I mean, Steph Curry seemingly is also uh, not on the, um, you know, seemingly not on the downswing, but eventually um, Father Time might catch up. But I think for right now, they're still right in the thick of the Western Conference. And I think they're still, you know, potentially contenders for this year, if if not, you know, potentially not. for. Hey, Evan, does it does it concern you that you agree with David after David put the Oklahoma City Thunder 14th in the conference? Does that does that? I don't agree with David about everything. (laughs) I don't agree with David about everything, but. I mean, I, I'm still higher on them than, than he was too. So, um, that's crazy, <laughs> but it, it, 
That's a little bit. Too. Do you, I mean, I, I guess like, I mean, I know, I know giving them credit for what they've done in the past, but like, but fourth, it's I mean, just not, it's just so the consistency is there. I mean, Chris Paul is coming off the bench as of right now. And so he has a bit more freedom to do what he wants. And it's just so it's not far removed from them winning a championship a couple of years back, you know? Um, I, again, I'm not saying I'd bet on them to do it this year, but I don't think you can count them out just because they've shown that they can do it consistently. I guess. Again, not saying I'll bet on them, but I, I don't think you can count them out. Um, and lends well into our next team, who had a great seven-game series with the Warriors last year, which they ended up losing. Um, we have this team collectively as the fourth seed, and that's the Sacramento Kings. Um, I have them at five. Nick has them at seven, and David has them all the way up at two. So, David, uh, since you're real high on the Kings, um, I want to hear your thoughts on the team, why you like them so much. For me, it's they're pretty much the same team from last year. They didn't change a whole lot. Now, how they actually play, I think that'll change because like I brought up when we talked about the Thunder, I think there is um, tape on the team now. And I think people will readjust to that kind of play and be able to, to stop it. But on the flip side of that, I think that they'll be able to readjust enough uh, to say, hey, yes, this is the same team and we're going to keep the basics of what made us successful last year, but we're going to present it in a different way, in a different form, in a different fashion. All right. All right. I see you making some faces there, Nick. Um, what are your thoughts on on that? What? What is happening right now? <laughs> Number two? <laughs> David. David's coming in with the hot takes today. Jeez what Louise, say? man. I don't even. I mean, there were three last year, so it's yeah, not super far-fetched. Like, he's got him in front of the. Okay. Anyway. The 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 Kings are gonna be able to readjust and be the number two team in the in in the conference, but the Thunder can't adjust with all the talent they have and not be the fourteenth. Listen, the Kings are a good team, but who what did they do to get better in the offseason? Can somebody tell me? I said they the kept thing... the exact same team. Yeah, yeah, but I guess I'm saying what they do to get better. I guess you would just say continuity in that case. Um, but I mean they did. So, so they they stayed. Brought a guy over from the Euro League. Oh, Who knows? Oh, great. <laughs> they they stayed the same. The Lakers got better. The Suns got better. The Mavericks look like they're playing pretty well. The Oklahoma City Thunder, I feel like, got better. They got Chet Holmgren back. Um, Evan believes the Clippers got better, right? If Zion's mm-hmm. healthy, the New Orleans Pelicans got better, right? So you're talking about all these teams that got better that have all these additions. And that's why I have the Kings at seventh because, yes, they were a really good team last year. And I think... I'm not going to discredit that, but I do think that there's a little bit of a slip because they didn't really do anything to improve. They just kind of tweaked a little bit, and they have the same guys. So I think they went on a great run, And but I, I just think that they're going to be a play-in team or a fringe, like just out of it, right? They'll be in that like sixth spot. I think Evan has them at five. I like that. I think five is a good spot, right? Five seems pretty fair. Um, five to seven is probably where I would have them. The the second best team in the conference, I just I don't know. That's not not with teams like the Nuggets, the Suns and the Lakers like I think that those are probably your your clear-cut top 4 teams and I I just think the Oklahoma City Thunder are a better team than the Kings. That's just personally for me. I I don't know why. I just I feel that way, but I think the Kings are going to need to do something at the trade deadline to um to really kind of solidify themselves for a playoff push. You know, 
I said they brought in that guy from the Euro League. They also brought in JaVale McGee. So maybe he's maybe all right, he's the all right. maybe David's they're, banking on JaVale McGee. They're um, they're fourteenth in the league now. JaVale McGee, there's the savior, <laughs> shacked in a fool. The only reason McGee. Thing, oh my gosh, Mike. No, but uh I think I'm kind of in the middle between the two of you guys again. I think I think they will improve not so much because of offseason additions, but because of being able to grow as a core together. Still have a lot of young pieces like Keegan Murray. Um, you know, Darren Fox is still pretty young. Um, Dylan Mitchell or Davion Mitchell, I mean. Um, so I think they'll improve in that way. But I think they will fall down in the standings because certain teams got better ahead of them, like you said, Nick. And I also think they're not going to catch teams by surprise anymore. You know, it was it was so fun watching them last year with the light, the beam. And I think, you know, so many teams didn't take them seriously until halfway through the season, if not longer. Now everyone knows that they're, you know, a respectable team. They're a force to be reckoned with. And so they're going to get every team's best effort on every night compared to where they were last year. So um, I do see them slipping a little bit in terms of rankings just from that. But I still think they're going to be a fun team. I still think they're going to be good. Um, you know, uh, De'Aaron Fox also was one of the most, he won the Clutch Player of the Year award last year. So he was very clutch. Probably some of those games this year, just law of averages, might go the other way. Um, and so I think they'll slip just a little bit. But I still think they're going to be a strong team um, and, you know, right in the thick of things in the Western Conference. Speaking of the thick of things, we're really getting into it with these last three teams we have here in the Western Conference. And so the team, um, which I think a lot of, well, at least the top two, a lot of people agree on. But the the number three team we have here is the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I actually had them at the two seed in my rankings and Nick and David both had them at four. Um, so I'll, I'll defend the two seed a little bit here um, for that. I really just, I saw how strong they were with their current roster after the trade deadline last year, one of the best teams in the league after the trade deadline last year played extremely well in the playoffs, of course, came up short against the Denver nuggets. Um, but I think, you know, we saw some more from Austin Reeves. I think they added some good pieces in terms of depth. Um, Christian Wood has been really good for them so far. Um, Toy and Prince, I think is going to be really strong for them. The first game, he was lighting it up from three. Um, and, you know, I think they're just going to have, I think the reason I have them below the Suns is just based on the fact that I think the Suns are going to have a lot of adjusting to do. You know, they just got KD last year at the trade deadline and they had, um, they got Bradley Beal over the off season. They lost Chris Paul. So I think, although, you know, the talent wise, they're, right at the top in the NBA. I think throughout the regular season, there's going to be a couple, you know, maybe just a couple games where there's some bumpy patches, maybe the late game execution's off because they don't know who to get the ball to. Um, so I just see the Lakers having more continue continuality in them um, from last year. Um, Nick, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the Lakers? I know you had them at the four seed. Um, so a little bit lower on them than me. What are your kind of thoughts on on this? I just, I just put them at four because I feel like that was safe. I do think they're going to be one of the top three or four teams in the conference. But um, I just with, I think, the minutes restrictions on LeBron and the uncertainty if AD is going to really be able to stay healthy, I just feel like they're going to go through these stretches where, you know, they're going to have 20 or 30 games where they win the majority of them. And then they're going to go through a stretch where they lose, like, five or six games in a row. You know what I mean? I just due to like some injuries and stuff. So, I don't know. That's that's where I'm at with them. That's why I put them at the four seed. I feel like that was safe. But I do think when it all when it's all said and done, I, I think a top three spot in the Western Conference makes a lot of sense. David, anything else you want to add on the Lakers? Yeah, I think they're they've definitely been an improvement 
over the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I think that they'll actually have a good year. Um, they finally had a front office that wasn't dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there is that. So that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, it was definitely a smoother offseason than they had last year um, and definitely a smoother start to the season. I also, um, you know, I don't want to rely too heavily on him, but I do think, you know, Anthony Davis, again, just law of averages, hopefully will play some more games than he has in the past couple of years. And and when he's on the floor, he's probably the best defensive player in the league and is inconsistent offensively, but can can be a dominant offensive player as well. So that's kind of why I, why I liked them a little bit. But I think, again, once we get to these top teams, they're also talented. Um, it's kind of splitting hairs a little bit. Um, for that, the second team that we had um, collectively as a unit here was the Phoenix Suns as the two seed. Um, I had them actually ranked three myself. David had them also at three, and Nick had them at two. So, Nick, since you were the highest on them, um, I'm going to let you talk about what you like so much about the Suns. <laughs> Bradley. This is, this is a good team, guys. I mean, I don't know how like much faith I have in them in the postseason because, I mean, Devin Booker other than last year, really has not been great in the postseason. Kevin Durant, without uh, Stephen Clay, hasn't been great in the postseason. And uh, Bradley Beal has never been in the postseason, maybe once or twice. He was there with the Wizards, but never got too far. Yeah, maybe once or twice he was there. He sniffed it, but he didn't really do much, right? So you're looking at this team and you're like, ah, all right. Not much success in the playoffs other than, you know, Kevin Durant has the two championships. But again... Outside of uh, Steph Curry gifting him two championships, Kevin Durant really hasn't been that successful within, you know, the playoffs. Um, probably more so than the other three. But again, I just don't know if I believe in this team down the stretch, especially with injuries um, and inconsistent play. But this is going to be a really good regular season team. This is going to be a team that makes other teams really think about the um, about the layout of their roster. And I think this will be a team that makes teams be crazy at the trade deadline, if that makes sense. So good team. I think second is a really good spot for them. They might even finish first just because I feel like, okay, tonight Kevin Durant has an ankle injury. Cool. He can sit out, right? And I don't think it's really going to affect them that much and so on and so on. I think you could do that for all three of them. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, especially offensively, when they get rolling, they're going to be they're going to be a dynamo. They're going to be impossible to stop. Um, it just comes down to, you know, the postseason, if it's all going to be, if they're all going to put it together, if they're all going to be available. Um, and if so, I think they're, they're forced to be reckoned with. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the big threes have kind of fallen out of fashion in the last couple of years, it's kind of been more of a big two or, you know, one with a lot of good role players. And so this is kind of going back to that big three era. So it'll be interesting to see if it uh, kind of, if they're able to get it done and maybe it takes things back to teams feeling like, Oh, we got to get a big three again. Um, It'll be interesting to see how, you know, how that evolves with the sun's kind of leading the charge there. But David, I know you also had them at three, anything else you wanted to add on, on the Phoenix suns? Nope. Anything I say would just be splitting hairs, probably much like what we would say for the next team. So not much. Right. And the last team, um, if you've been really paying close attention, you might have been able to figure out that we all agreed on the number one seed in the Western Conference, and that's your defending NBA champions, the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think right. this team is just... Go ahead, Nick. 
No, I was going to say, I love how we agreed on the best and the worst team. In yeah, the, the one and the 15. <laughs> I think that's the, I don't think we agreed on any in the East. So, <laughs> no. Um, but I mean, this team is just so good. We saw it in their playoff on last year. They were, they were dominant in the playoffs. You know, Jokic can, can do everything. There's nobody that can stop him. Even Anthony Davis couldn't stop him in the playoffs last year. Um, they're just, they just have such good synergy. Um, I know talent wise, Boston may look like the, t- the best starting lineup in the league, but Denver had shown that at least last year, they were the best starting lineup. Um, they really only ran, I think seven guys deep in the playoffs and still kind of ran away with everything. I still think right now at this point in time, Jokic is the best player in the world. Um, and I thought they might have that championship hangover, take it a little slow coming in. And then they just came in rig night and just beat the brakes off the Lakers and they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. So, um, you know, as of right now, I think just the respect for what they did last year and how already good they've looked this year. That's why I kind of have them at, at the top still in the Western. Um, I'll throw it over to you, David, if you have anything you want to add on the Nuggets. Um, not really. It's like I said last time, It it's just like anything Nick or I say or myself or Evan say, depending on who started it, would just be splitting hairs. Yeah, I think we kind of know a lot about these top teams, you know, what they're going to be, they're proven. But, um, you know, never know how things are going to go. But, Nick, you had them right at the top of the Western Conference too. Uh Anything else you want to add on the Nuggets? Any other thoughts? Why you like them so much? They're the they're the champions. I mean, we have to we have to give them the credit that they deserve from that. And you know, I I know they lost a a piece or two, but I still think that with Jokic and with Murray and Porter Jr., like this is a this is a good team. And, and I think Aaron Gordon's really underrated. Uh, for some people, I, I don't know if he's that underrated anymore because of what he did last <laughs> year. But I I do still think that people don't view him as highly as they should. As a as a really good role player, uh, you know, a good starter on this. So I don't know. It's a it's going to be hard to beat them. You have a big man who who can play the big man position better than anybody in the league, and who can pass just as good as as most of the the pass first point guards in the league. So I don't really know what you do with that, and uh, I really think that they'll need Murray to take that next step this year. But other than that, I, I do think this is the the team to beat the standard right now to uh, to look at. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree 100% with that. Um, you know, they haven't shown any reason why they're not at the top right now. So, um, do you guys agree with me in that? You know, do you think Jokic is the is the best player you know in the NBA right now? It's it's hard for me because like I don't know. Yes, it's very subjective, but <laughs> yes, like if if I'm being like honest, like I think if you were to give like say hey like pick pick a guy to build your team. I do mm-hmm. think that he would pull first. I think they'd be stupid because you'd, you'd be like building for the future, like five or six. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's just, it's hard because I don't know if he's as athletic as, you know, a Giannis or I don't know if he's oh, yeah, as sure. bruising as a Joel Embiid, you know. But when you look at everything he can do, like it's glaring, you know. And I think the only other guy comparable right now, like, you know, you look at Luca. I think with everything that Luca's is able to do, passing, shooting, inside play, like, I think that these guys may not say it, but I think they grew up watching LeBron because their play style, especially Jokic's play style, reminds me a lot of LeBron, where he's able to, as a as the size of a human he is, is able <laughs> to bully people on the inside, is able to, you know, he's not he's not a great three point shooter, but he can knock him down if he wants to. And he's good from the mid range and he could pass better than some point guards in the league mm-hmm. and maybe even sure. in the history of the NBA. So 
I think that when you look at that all-around play that he, Jokic is able to do, I think you can put him in that conversation as the best player in the NBA right now. And and I think guys like Luka and LeBron um, should be in that same conversation for what they're able to do. I mean, LeBron at like, what, 40 years old, just dropped 35 points tonight. So I think it's hard to say, like, it's hard to say LeBron is the best player in the league right now just because of how mm-hmm. old he is. But there's some talented dude. And Jokic is definitely definitely what people look at to take off the mountaintop right now. David, are you with us? You agree? Yeah. Definitely. All right. The guy that needs to be focused on. All right. Another thing we're three things we agreed on today. That's good. That's good. Well, Evan, um, you you and me agreed that David's take on the Oklahoma oh yeah, Thunder that's was, true. Was bad. That's but true. Other than that, oh yeah, that that is that is true. But again, maybe David knows something we don't know. I don't know. If they end up 14th, man, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna blame David for this. You jinxed him. I can't even like. 